0: Brother of our Lord, your church may give itself continually to prayer and to the reconciliation of all who are at variance and enmity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today we celebrate the feast day of St. James the Just. And it's important to know that there are two St. Jameses. The the first one was the one who was called with John, his brother, on the fishing boats and then went with Jesus right from the very beginning of his ministry. But this one, St. James the Just, was his brother. And his story, if you hear it read by those three lessons, is actually backward because the first part of the story is the part that occurs in the Gospel when Jesus is performing deeds, and the people say, but aren't, isn't he like the brother of James and Judas and Simon, and aren't his sisters here with us, and so forth? And of course they reject him. Now it doesn't say anything in that gospel about what James did, but later you hear of a story where the the brothers and the sister and the mother of Jesus are, are outside the building where he's teaching, and they say, Tell him to come out because we think he's lost his mind. He's acting so strange. He's not acting like the kid that we knew. And then Jesus says, actually, my brother and sister and mother are these people who are listening to me preach right now. So James the Just, brother of our Lord, starts out on the outside of this great story of Jesus. And we don't quite know how he came around from where he started. But we do know from St. Paul in Corinthians that he was one of the first people that the risen Lord appeared to. And so that must have been a sign that he was already on the road to becoming what he then became, which was one of the leaders of the church. In fact, he was the leader of the church in, in Jerusalem, which is what we hear in the book of Acts, in the story of Acts, that he was their leader. And at that point, he then became the person who was responsible for maintaining the boundaries of the community. And this was a huge struggle in the book of Acts, as you probably recall, as to who belongs within the family of faith. So initially, it was just the Jewish people, right? The, The people of Israel, the circumcised, the inner circle. And then something happened, something changed. And one of the things that happened was that St. Peter saw a vision of all these animals being lowered on a sheet. This was in the book of Acts, a little bit earlier than the passage we heard. And God saying, take and eat, a voice saying, take and eat. So what he gleaned from that was, and these were unclean, some of these were clean and some of these were unclean animals. And what he was seemingly being told was You don't need to worry so much about the boundaries of the clean and the unclean and who belongs and who doesn't, because God is about to do a new thing. And then what starts to happen is that once Paul becomes part of the community, Paul and Barnabas and Silas and some of these others go out to the Gentiles, and incredible things start to happen, really amazing conversions. Thousands of people start to follow them. And so then they have to go back to the church in Jerusalem and to James the Just who's the one who's supposed to be maintaining the boundaries and the rules for who belongs and who doesn't belong, and try to convince him and the rest of the council that these other people ought to be part of God's family, that these boundaries should not be drawn as tightly as the community thought, as James the Just and the other very upstanding leaders of the community thought ought to be done. So this was the challenge for this community when you hear the story in the book of Acts, is what do we do with these Gentile believers? If they're gonna become believers, do we wanna say they have to keep the whole law, they have to be circumcised, they have to become effectively members of the people of Israel before they can become Christians? And that was the huge debate. And what happened to James the Just was like Paul and like Peter, he changed his mind, which is kind of incredible. He must have changed his mind a few times going along, from thinking of Jesus as this crazy brother of his who was acting weird, to becoming his follower, to seeing the risen Christ, and now he's presented with this huge decision. What do I do? Do I enlarge these boundaries, or do I keep within the rules that I've been taught from from my childhood? And what he did was he decided, I am going to change the rules. The, The movement of the spirit is convincing me that all the things I thought I knew might not be right, that actually I can draw these boundaries wider, that I can make more people part of God's family than I would have thought ever could belong to start with. So James the Just is a story of someone who is listening to the Spirit, who is moved by the Spirit, and who is capable of enlarging the bounds to bring more people into the church, despite all the rules and the boundaries that he's learned to observe from his childhood on. It seems to me that what we're doing in this Spanish services is a symbol of this too, that as a church, most of us sitting here may not know a whole lot of Spanish, but we are trying to enlarge these boundaries so that more and more people can come into the family of God, that that we can say as an Episcopal church, we are open, to not just the people who look like us and speak like us and so forth, but to a wider community. And what we might discover as we look at that is that as the community widers, widens, we ourselves have to change, that we ourselves have to become different. We have to change our minds so that we become not only letting people in so that they can become like us, but becoming different so that this community can, can welcome all different kinds and sorts of people. And that's the journey that James the Just went on from the beginning to the end of his life. And we're all, we've got the red, we've got the frontals, we've got the vestments that proclaim the fact that he died as a martyr, as did all of the apostles. And the red reminds me and reminds us of the fact that the martyrs are an example to the Church because they Remind us that we are called to Follow Christ even at the risk of our lives and every time we celebrate a martyr those of you who are on the um, SSJE brother give us a word um, Sort of thing that comes in every morning may have seen that this morning the topic was martyrdom and um, Curtis Almquist wrote uh, Every time we celebrate a martyr we get to think about what would we give our life's blood for. So this red can remind us, what are we prepared to die for, and what are we prepared to live for? And he poses this question that's been haunting me since I read it at 6 o'clock this morning, which is, what are we prepared to give our life's blood for today? So we may not be at risk of being martyred, but what are we prepared to give our life's blood for today? And one of the things we might be willing to give our life's blood for is enlarging this community, enlarging the boundaries of our imagination, enlarging the boundaries of who can be here and and who we can welcome into this space, and what languages we can borrow in order to make this a place in which the family of God embraces truly everyone. Now, that was what James the Just, ended up giving his life's blood for and perhaps it's a worthy thing for us to give our life's blood for today and every day because we know that the family of God is the family in which life and joy and peace is found and what could be more valuable than to make that more known and more available to more different people so that they can come to know the joy of Christ, who is everyone's brother. Amen.